Welcome to track number seven of Victory in Laodicea. Glory to God. Now, I want us to, Bishop Eddie is going to continue with you on the podcast. There's a very important reason for that. It's just technology to help you. All right. So, if you go to Revelations chapter 3, if you go to Revelations chapter 3, you see in verse 15, verse 18, sorry, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. Alright? Now, one of the things that I want us to recognize here is that even though you are wearing, you are, you are looking rich, you can be poor, very poor in the eyes of God. And even though you can be looking dressed, you can be naked. So, if you look at Matthew 17, so we've, um, we're talking about overcoming the lukewarmness that is found in, what do you call it, um, Laodicea, isn't it? And if you listen to only the message that I've shared earlier about how, you know, people have prospered and they are, they are able to be spiritual and speak in tongues and be spiritual in the midst of their prosperity, then you can get a way to understand it and to develop yourself even though you are in rich Canada and you feel good. Amen. Now, gold is your aim. Gold tried in the fire is your aim. No more sand and hay. Huh? A truck full of hay and two truckfuls articulator 16-wheeler filled with wood cannot compare with my one bar of gold including the truck itself. I'll buy the truck also. So you are walking around looking very impressive with your huge trucks and I just have my small piece of gold. I have more than you have. So don't try to impress people. Try to impress God. Don't try to have something that is impressive to men. Try to have something that is wonderful as far as God is concerned. Amen? Amen. Now, we also went through Ezekiel. We saw God addressing two groups, the shepherds and the sheep. And I'm explaining that I want you to become shepherds and there is a time that you ought to be doing some things 
And the absence of those things is a very serious symptom. Even though it in itself may not look like much. But it is very serious. And the absence of your inability to teach. And that in actual fact you are not a teacher. And your inability to go out preaching the gospel. Or even to lead people to Christ in Canada. It shows there is something wrong with you. Seriously. Yeah. So, this camp meeting marks the end of those diseases. Now we're moving on to raiment. uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. It says, I counsel thee to buy gold that has been tried in the fire. So that you really be rich. And number two, to buy, to get white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. The main problem with nakedness is the shameful um, appearance that you may feel embarrassed. You know, today is the end of all forms of shame in your life. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that happens to your life. Do you know why the prophecy you believe is the prophecy that happens to your life? Do you know why? How many want to know why? When I say the prophecy you believe, the prophecy is going to happen. It's not just a saying. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 18, what does the Bible say? Second Peter 1, verse 18. 2 Peter 1, verse 18. Okay, verse 19. It says in verse 19. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well to take heed. Okay, take heed, be careful. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. A word of prophecy is like a light that shines in a dark place. Okay. So every word of prophecy that comes into your life is like a light that shines in a dark place. Amen. Amen. Whatever darkness has covered you, a light is shining in your life. Now, the next verse, verse 20, says, Knowing this, alright, first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. You see, the Bible is called no prophecy of the scripture. See, the scripture itself is a prophecy, it's a prediction. Predictions and declarations that will happen. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. So, the whole Bible uh, of the scripture is a prophecy. Alright? So, But the Bible doesn't happen for everybody. But the parts of the Bible that you believe, that is the one that happens for you. you. (laughs) Like you'll be born again. People don't believe it. They don't think. But those who believe that you must be born again and believe that wonderful scripture, they experience being born again. 
So you find now that Orthodox churches and some of the people where you sort of join the church by osmosis or by family. Do you see? They don't emphasize that a person must be born again. But for those who emphasize it, they teach and you believe that when I believe in Jesus as my Savior, I'm born again. That John 3, 6, and that little passage there has been taken seriously. That's the difference between what we called orthodox or traditional churches, where you sort of join by osmosis, by baptism as a child, and by just being in your family. You say, are you a Christian? So I'm a Christian. You know, but you may even be a murderer, but you say I'm a Christian. You see, but that's the kind of church I used to belong to. Then I met Jesus and I took it literally and believed that part of the Bible. That unless a man is born again, he can never enter the kingdom of heaven. I took it seriously and started to believe it. Then it became like a light shining to me in the darkness. And then my whole life changed. And most of my family, like not direct family, but family that, you know, my family, they are not born again. They are just knowing. You say, when you ask, are you a Christian? They, they choose which religion. So Christianity. You see. <laughs> which religion? Christianity. Yes, you just choose one. It's like a football team. Which I, which you, Manchester United, this, whatever. But you don't have any connection with it, truly. You get what I'm saying? So believing this created a whole range of churches. Yes. That's what they call evangelical churches, charismatic churches, and so on. It's just by taking a small part of the prophecy of the scripture and believing in it. So scripture in itself is prophecy. Alright? Yes. And the Bible also says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. You know? Talking about Jesus is prophesying. So prophecy and most of man of God in the Bible is called a prophet. Almost every man of God in the Bible is called a prophet. From Genesis to Malachi. They are all called and considered as prophets. Moses, all of them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they are all seen as prophets. And all of them. So like how you say a man of God, you say he's a pastor. That's how you say he's a prophet. And when they preach, it's called prophesying. Do you see the one you believe, that's the one that happens to you. So, plenty of things will be said, but the one you believe is the one that happens practically. Alright? Alright. So, I say that this meeting marks the end of shame. <laughs> the end of shame. Shameful shepherds. It marks the end of all your shame. Anything shameful that you have practiced since you came to Canada ends in this camp meeting in Jesus' name. All quarrels among pastors ends in this meeting. All lack of church growth. Shameful small churches. Hey! Is taken away by the Holy Spirit. Yes. The shame of struggling churches that cannot break through without organist, without pianist for years, without good music for years. Whatever is shameful, 
dies in this camp meeting. I am blessing you. So receive the blessing. Amen. Now Matthew 17. Verse 1. After six days. Jesus taketh Peter. James and John his brother. And bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them. Alright? He was transfigured before them. Or the word is metamorphosized to uh, change for them. So, how did he change? He changed to them. That's how he, he is. Christ is always Christ. And he appeared there. There appeared unto him Moses and Elias talking with him. All right? And sorry, verse 2. He was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. Yeah. His raiment was white as the light. And there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Amen. Amen. So here you see these disciples were moving with Jesus. They never knew that his dress was white like the light. It was when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration that God allowed them to see what he was really wearing. And when they saw, they were shocked. White, shining as the light. Do you see? Now, One, two, three, come. This is Derek, Isaac, and then Joe. Go here, go to the end and come. Go there. These three are going to the Calgary of Transfiguration. <laughs> now, take two steps. One, come. Two, three. Now, if these people undergo transfiguration, transfiguration is just that you see. You see. And when you see, you get it? When you see, you see what is there. Supposing these three were to undergo transfiguration before you and I, you may be surprised what you see. (laughs) Yes. 
Okay, you go ahead now. Go ahead. Transfiguration makes you see. Now, when you wear your clothes, come, two of you come. Just as you are, just don't worry, just come. Don't take it off, don't take it off, just come, come. Just walk up. We are just looking at you. Wow, are they beautiful? Very beautiful. Now, just stop there. <laughs> the clothes that they are wearing are covering their nakedness. So they are not embarrassed as they are here. They are not embarrassed. Do you get it? They are not embarrassed. But maybe in the spirit, remember. See, we've talked about gold. Gold that you think you are rich, but really, when you look at what you have in terms of gold, you see that mm, I'm poor. Now they are wearing clothes. All forms of embarrassment are covered, and they are moving freely. Also, go and sit down so that the next part of the sermon can come on. Could it be that if you are transfigured, instead of seeing white, you will be seeing penises dangling over there? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, you wouldn't see clothes. You see, that's what you say, shame. Yes. Like, in the natural, everybody wears clothes to cover your shame. Could it be that in the spirit, not that could it be, it is the case, that in the spirit, some of us are so naked that it's so shameful like every time you even appear before God, you are seen as you really are. And that it's really, really bad. Yes. And the angels are just watching. They just cover their eyes and say, Oh God. Oh God, look at this girl. Meanwhile, you've put on lipstick, you've covered your spots. Change your face so that you look, your face looks abnormally smooth. Abnormally smooth. Any girl you see whose face looks very smooth is not a real face. Brothers, those who are not married.
Revelations chapter 1. And I saw verse 12. I turned to see the voice which spake to me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. This not a not these are not clothes that are bought at what are your main shops here? The bay. Bay. The bay. These are not born at the bay. Jesus was not wearing the bay clothes. Sears. Winners. No. This was not bought at winners. Huh? Clothed with a garment down to the foot and get about the paps. What are paps? Breasts, nipples, with a golden girdle. You see, it's a spiritual vision. And you are seeing somebody with spiritual clothes. And he describes his hairs, his eyes like a flame of fire, verse 14, and his feet like unto, bra- unto fine brass. So you can see clearly from these two visions of Jesus that Jesus is well clothed in clothing that we can see. And we too are either in clothing that can, which we can see or we are completely naked. And that we are not in a good situation when we are naked. That actually, it is just like being naked physically. Yes. Shame and embarrassment and something negative is very much happening to you. In fact, one day I met a lady. I was praying. You know, and this is what Satan wants to do. He wants to remove your clothes. I met a lady in the streets of Takradi in Ghana. I was walking and praying and I saw a lady coming. Somebody came. I didn't know whether it was a lady or a woman. But I saw the person was wearing brown. Brown up and down. And as I got closer, I realized that the brown was the skin of the woman. And that it was a woman. And she was walking briskly. Early in the morning, I was praying and she was walking and she came past, and I saw her. She passed on the other side, just muttering to herself. Continue. Later on in the afternoon, as I was going, driving back to Accra, I met. I saw this woman in town. Like I came to a major traffic light, and I saw her there buying food. I think they saw her. They just give her food. The sellers just give her food, and she goes. She was standing there, and she was collecting the food. Stark naked. And from there she was moving through town. Oh yes. Something bad is happening. And whenever demons take hold of a person, you see that they are removing the person's clothes. Like, 
Mark chapter 5, with the madman of Gadara, you know, he was naked in Mark chapter 5. You know, go down a bit, you see the madman of Gadara. Alright? He had been often bound and uh, he has gone. He was always in the night and day and he was, he was naked. I find it. Yes. Now, when the Bible says that when they came and they saw him clothed and in his right mind, they were amazed. Do you see? Yeah. Sitting, verse 15. When they came to Jesus and saw him that had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, they were afraid. Alright? So you can see here that this man was naked from the description. Probably in the other versions of this story, you, 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 it will even be even clearer. Alright? Alright. But anyway, so what I'm saying is that you see that Satan wants to remove your clothes so that, because that is what he wants. Now, many of us here have been sitting in Canada completely naked. Like if the angels look at you right now, I'm sure there are angels that are here smiling. It's like I've, 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 I've told you, like maybe have a large section. Some are just wearing tops. Some are just wearing pants. Some are wearing pants without tops. And it's like you don't even know that you are feeling cold. And you are happy. Like the angels can see how naked we are. Yes. And that's why he was writing to the church in Laodicea and saying that, hey, you, you say you are, you are rich, you have everything, but you don't know that you are naked and covered. So what is the covering and what does this, what do these clothes symbolize? Tell with me to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Ephesians 6 verse 12. It says, finally my brethren, for, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Blah, 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 blah. Okay, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You see, the armor of God, for those of you who've ever seen an armor, a person's armor, is like a metal dress that you wear from head to toe. Yes, from head to two. Are you there? Yeah. In fact, one time I went for a camp in um, in uh, Switzerland and they put me in a room that was like a kind of an old castle. You know? And um, there was somebody, there was an, a, a, a man or there was this armor was the armor you can make it stand, and this armor was in their room. You know, I don't know some type of very spooky place. You know, so the man in the armor was standing there, 
You can only see the eyes. You know? After I entered the room, I said, do you know something? I cannot stay in this place. I can't stay here. Yes, it's very spooky because the pest is like a man. Everywhere is covered because they use swords to cut. So you have to be covered from head to toe, the head, only the eyes. Cut, 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 cut. So as the man was standing there, it's like somebody was standing in the room. And the bed was this type of spooky beds with poles. You know, you don't even know what, what has happened in this room before. So I told them, you know something. I appreciate this place. But I'm afraid. <laughs> take me from here now. Yes. Take, I stepped one day. And I said, no. I cannot stay here again. You don't know who is looking at you. Yeah. So when he said take on the whole armor, it's like, it's like a complete covering. Take on a complete covering. Yes. Wow. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Okay. So what is the covering? These are the raiments which the Bible is talking about. And this raiment is called also a garment in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 59, go to Isaiah 59, verse 16. It says, And he saw there was no man, and he wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Wow. Zeal was a cloak. Do you see? Yeah. So even in the, in the book of Isaiah, we see more aspects of this clothing. Okay? But you, you can start from the, what do you call it? The um, Ephesians 1. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 6. Alright? Remember that we are Christians. So we basically look at the Bible. It says, take on the whole armor. That you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. By the way. There is something called evil day. Evil day is a day. It's like Easter. Good Friday. Christmas. There's, there are days. Those days are not good days. Yes. It's called an evil day. And when the evil day comes. You should be able to stand. And know that in that evil day. You don't say, I'm sitting here, it's easy to say, yeah, 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 yeah. But in the evil day, that's where we really see who you are. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, verse 14. Notice. Stand, therefore, having your loins, get about 
with truth. Okay? The truth of the word of God, which is supposed to hold us, hold everything together. You can look at this and understand it in so many different ways. But what I want to say is that what Bishop Eddie was trying to help you this, up, this evening with the podcast. You see, surround yourself with the truth. Even the truth that you don't obey. Because, you know, one of the reasons why we stop listening to things is that we don't want to do them. So you stop listening to it. Yes. It's like confession of sins. How many have confessed your sins and you go and do it the same thing again? Raise your hand. How many have confessed your sin and you, you commit it like, even as you are confessing? You get it? You know that you are going to do it again. Raise up, raise up your right hand. Most of you, except one or two. One of the things you must de- decide is that no matter what happens in your life, you always confess your sin. Even if it's the same sin. Yeah. Because when you no longer confess your sin, you become Judas. Look. Judas was even, I don't know, maybe better than Peter. They all said they don't know Jesus. He sold him. And Peter said, look, I don't know, three times. He said, look, I don't know any, I've not seen him before. Three times. And the other disciples ran away. And Judas fell for money. The difference is that Judas said, I don't want to know. I don't want to see anybody. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. And he just went and hung himself. Never do that. Always come back. No matter what you have done. And no matter what you are doing. Huh? Come back. Do not be Judas. Judas is the one who does. Has somebody put on an air conditioner? What is, what is going on? You want to kill us or what? We are pretty cold. Hey. Somebody should turn it off, man. Always come back and say sorry. And every night, confess your sins for the day. The day's sin. In case you die that night. Yes. And if you, even if you don't get the chance to confess, you'd have confessed from yesterday. So it's just 24 hours of sins left. Do you get it? Which will be less than, what do you call it? Get your loins about with truth. 
Isn't it true? Get your loins with truth. Huh? Your loins. Get about with truth. Never take the surrounding around you off. The Bible is the truth. The podcast, the preaching, the makane. Don't take it. Put it around you. All the time. Because when you take it off, you're especially, you know, the truth is not often that easy. Once you don't become enemies with the truth, it can be around and gradually like it. You know that my lay pastors, lay pastors, you know, Lighthouse has 90 Nine, between 95 to 99% are lay pastors. Still, still. Today. Yes. And we are, we are blessed with a lot of very faithful pastors in the church. Something happened to lay pastors as the years went by. Because over the years, most of the pastors are lay, were lay pastors. Then, of course, I am moving on in the ministry. So, when I encourage, I encourage, I can't stop preaching what I'm supposed to preach. Many of the lay pastors did not become full time pastors. You understand? No problem. No problem. But unfortunately, many of them develop guilty complexes as though it is wrong to be a lay pastor. Remember, I wrote the book Lycos. I wrote it. Do you see it? So many of the pastors developed complexes. And those complexes made them go far away from me. Including the pastors in Canada. These ones. (laughs) It's true. But that, 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 I'll tell you, If they were supposed to be in full-time ministry, which I can't tell whether they were supposed to be in full-time ministry, but if they were supposed to be in full-time ministry, and it was a mistake for them not to be in full-time ministry, the second mistake made it hundred times worse. And that mistake was the withdrawal from what they perceive. To be the truth that is against them. Because it's a mistake. You never remove the belt. You rather keep it even if you are not doing it. So, because of that, I have come to. I always work with lay, lay people. Most of my lay pastors became afraid of me. It's true. And they, they withdrew. But, so, interestingly, some other people became lay pastors 
you know, who are very close to me. Very close to me. Because they don't see, they don't feel guilty. They don't feel guilty about anything. Because they are not doing anything wrong. Every Sunday, my, my, my driver is a lay pastor. My driver is a lay pastor. He's, a man, he's, a man, he's even higher than a manager of a bank. Yeah, top, top. He's always with me. I'm very, I'm very happy with them. I'm very happy with him. Even this comes that I came, I dropped a whole group of them have even gone back. They were with me in England. They were with me in Memphis. No, they all lay bank. My, I met one of them at the car park. I said, what are you doing on Monday. He said, well, I don't understand. I said, what are you doing on Monday? I said, oh, that's a, you, you don't know that we are having a camp. That was Sunday. He, got, he started co- making calls on the car park. And he, I was on the British Airways. I saw him. Wow. His camp. He came from the car, from the car after church on Sunday. He didn't even go home. He called said, bring me, bring me a bag. And then he was a lay person. Lay people. I enjoy their, I can chat with them. Happy. Because I don't feel... They are doing anything. I rather want to bless them and pray for them to prosper. So you see that people have a mind that this thing is against me. I'm not. They 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 are angry with me. They don't like me because I'm a whatever pastor and so on. What a shame! What a shame! It has cost people some uh, 10, 15 years of their life, fellowship, and even blessings. Yes. That's what I'm saying that it is one of the mistakes to remove the belt. Even if it seems that that thing is what you are not doing, don't take it off. Don't say, I don't want to see you. I want to sit at the back. I want to be far. Hallelujah. Do not remove the the belt of truth. Yes. Do not remove the belt of truth. If you take me in my life back 20 years ago, I used to have something we call chief of staff. Chief of staff. Like the chief of the pastors and the people around me. This was Larry, Pastor Larry here. Okay. They, they, I hear they don't know you. Stand up. Uh, this is my chief of staff. What on the earth should make my chief of staff be out of my life? As somebody should search the whole world to find one thing. All the people that I have that I have with me by God's grace are the same people. 
even carpenter. The same my carpenter who has been my carpenter since 1991 is still my carpenter today. Mason, electrician, everybody. Unless you die or unless you, you, you are not there. Yeah. Same people. Watch and see. You are the one who will say, I don't like myself. Yes. So, but, but what it is is that if you take the word of God, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. You cannot change it. I have to preach it. Because it is there. Let my people go. And it's the truth. But even if you feel that you are supposed to and you don't, that is not make you remove your belt. You tighten it and just leave it there. Every time it comes, Papa, then kneel down. I told you, every night you kneel down to clear the recent sins. 24 hours maximum for confessions. Yes. Amen. Always remember, Judas is the man who doesn't want to know, doesn't want to see, doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't want to have anything to do. Charlie, you know something? I'll see you later. I don't want to talk about this. So why do you betray Christ? But how could you do that? Hey, I don't want to know. Are you sorry about, I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk. Nobody should ask me any question. To hell with all of you. Amen. I'm going to die. You see, that's the mistake. Yeah. For, for Peter to say, I say I don't know. I say I don't know. You can't force me to know. I say I don't know you. I say I don't know you. And Peter was warming his feet on the fire. And Jesus was being whipped back. And then as soon as they, he, yeah, he, he turned to look at, look at him. You say you don't know me. You say you don't know. I pointed you recently as the head of the church and everything. You say you don't know me. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Does it mean that you, Peter, will not come back to Jesus? No, he is the same. All of us are Peters. We are all Peter. We are all like that. If you think you are not Peter, then you are new in the church. We are all people who have gone astray. Come back astray. Come. That's why you are not dead. Though. The fact that you are not dead, you don't have any disease that is about to kill you, means that like there seems to be some options and opportunity that God seems to be still giving you. Otherwise, you just go out of the world. There's a reason why you are alive. Yeah. So get your loins about with truth. Okay? Don't give up. So pastors, this is one of the mistakes. Don't hide. Don't hide. You're hiding under what? Come out and let's flow and be happy. Let's flow and be happy and work together. No more hiding. Don't, don't think about anything. How can, we be, how can I be against you? How can I be against you? I've said it. Now I don't want to say it anymore. I'll just leave it up to you to see whether you'll be healed of your fears. And You see, Adam and Eve, when the Lord God came in the cool of the day, Adam, where are you? The Bible said, Adam hid himself. And he never hid himself before he sinned. The first sign of sin and evil is hiding. Covering. 
secrets. Yes. So when you see somebody who starts to stay away, because God came in the why Bible says that Adam hid himself in the midst of the trees. In the midst of the trees. Wow. Is it amazing? Every hiding spirit is broken today in Jesus' name. Amen. So get your loins about with truth. Don't take off the messages. Don't say, I don't like messages like this. Like it, it's okay. No, and that we are not obeying. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We are having things we want to obey more. Oh, we are not really fully obeying. We are all like that. Oh. Nobody is better than anybody. I tell you. But don't take it up because it's going to cause a whole lot of other things to go apart. Amen. It's like somebody says, I won't read the Bible again. No, I won't read the Bible because I read something. I don't do it, so I don't want to read that book again. Let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. Let my people go that they may serve me. I shouldn't preach it. I shouldn't say it. Something that is in the Bible. Let my people go so that they may serve me in the wilderness. Let my people go so that they may serve me in the wilderness. I shouldn't say something that is in the Bible. It's not a good idea. Wow. I received a call from God the other day I was just a young person He spoke to me and said My child, you are mine You must work and you must preach Do you know the secret of prosperity? To keep first the kingdom of God And all these things that people seek for, I will give them all to you. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Blessed is the man whom God chooses And he causes to approach Shall be satisfied with the good of the house And of thy holy temple Oh, one thing have I desired of the Lord That one thing will I seek for 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and behold the beauty of the Lord. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Do you know the secret of prosperity? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things people seek for, I will give them all to you. You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless. He shall bless the bread you eat. He shall also bless the water that you drink. I am the Lord that he let thee. You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless. A blessing for all those who serve. He shall take away sickness from your midst. The number of your days he will fulfill. Oh, and my people go. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Say, oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the wilderness. Oh, let my people go. Oh, let my people go. They will serve me in the
standing for the Lord, never going back again to the world and evil ways. Here we stand, we're fighting for the Lord. We will fight a good fight to stay in the will of the Lord. So be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Oh, put on the whole armor of God. Ooh, that ye may be able to stand. Take up the shield of faith And with the sword of the Spirit Yeah, we will overcome Oh, 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 oh. here we stand We're standing for the Lord Never going back again to the world and evil ways. Oh, here we stand. We're fighting for the Lord. We will fight a good fight to stay in the will of the Lord.
Is it amazing? amazing. (laughs) Is it fantastic? fantastic. Are you enjoying Ida's music? Do you want more? (laughs) So stand having your loins get about with truth. All right? Don't, don't be afraid of the truth. Don't be afraid of it. Most people, if you ask, are you lukewarm? Are you hot? Are you cold? They will say, oh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not bad. But if you are able to say, I am cold, so much, many more blessings are going to come to your life. Okay? Now, Get your loins about with truth and have on the breastplate of righteousness. It's also part of your dressing, spiritual dressing. All right? Now, righteousness, okay, is, um, we have the things that we think of as righteousness, smoking, drinking, fornication, and all these things that we have in your minds. That this is what is righteousness. You get it. But. All those things are. It is good. That we see them as righteousness. But righteousness involves more than that. Amen. Amen. Righteousness is a quality. That you obtain. From. God. Do you see? In Romans 14, verse 4, it says, Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up. For God is able to make him stand. Amen. Amen. So here again, you see that don't bother to pass judgment on somebody. Amen. Amen. Yes. Don't bother to pass judgment on somebody. Because to his own master, he standeth or falleth. When you have a boss, what, what, that, that, what people don't realize 
is that it is the boss that matters. The boss is who matters. That's why people don't do work well when they work. When you are working in your workplace, you must know who matters in the affairs there. It doesn't matter what is even right is not what matters. But what your boss wants. Because to your own master, you stand or fall. Yes. I once told the story of this um, Roman uh, commander. I forget his name. Anyway. And he, he, he had surrounded the city and he was going to um, enter the city. Now, what he needed was he needed this tall mass that they have on ships. And he was going to use it to break through the wall of the city. Alright? So, he sent um, his captains, one or two of them, to the harbor, which wasn't far, to get the ram, the ramming thing, to pick it from the ship, to come and ram. When he went, he met an engineer. And the engineer explained to them about the height of the thing and the strength and how the size that the uh, the Roman what is it called general or whatever has asked for is not the best size for what he wants to do, but this other one is better. He talked and talked and talked and talked. And the people took the other one. Not what the general had asked for, who was in the other town waiting to invade the city. So they brought it to the man. When they brought it, the man, the general said, where is the, the one what I said? And then they explained that this man wouldn't give it to them because he said this and he explained it. So he said they should call the engineer from the other town. Right. When they called him, the man came and said, why did you give these people another the, of the mast or whatever, they were, whatever it is? I asked for this long one. You brought a shorter one. The man explained the same thing that he had told the two captains in detail with the engineering calculation and the Roman general listened to everything when he finished the Roman general asked them to strip the man naked and they whipped him you get it flogged him and executed him yes I, I forget, I can give you the name of the man if you give me a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to be careful when you are dealing with people who are asking for things and bosses. You know? He says to his own master, he standard of all. What matters is not what, even what is right, but what the person wants. 
This is why people don't do well at work. Somebody asks you to do this. So this is the right thing. We've done the right thing for you, not what you said. <laughs> yeah. Righteousness is righteousness before your master, who in front of whom you rise or fall. And righteousness is righteousness is something you have to look at God. Nobody can say you are righteous except God says you are righteous. Yes. Most of the little, little laws we have are all, what do you call it, hypocritical laws. We swallow camels and a small fly, we say it's quite big. Yes. So, because of that, you find that Christians are usually warped and mixed with deception. And I'm not going to continue to give more examples. I can give you examples and you, you'll be amazed at how hypocritical you are. Yes. But I don't want to because you cannot bear it. I will expose you just now. Yes. Do you want me to expose you? Huh? I should expose you. No. I will not expose you. You have to pray about it. But what I'm saying is that righteousness is a foundation for working for God. You see, one day I was analyzing, went to a certain part of the world, and I was asking myself, how come we don't have pastors from these churches? How come there are no pastors? And I realized that most of the Ghanaians who were in those churches came there and were currently practicing unrighteousness. Either they were liars, you see a man who is called Ekwa or Abena, you see that his name is not his name, his age is not his age, his passport is not his passport, his wife is not his wife. Everything about him is not true. Do you get what I'm saying? Doing all kinds of things, all kinds of things, just to stay in the country. And because of that, you see that there's a certain foundation which is needed to be able to work for God. Yes. And, and because of the absence of that foundation, hardly would we get anybody to become a pastor from among that flock. Because the basic, like basic Christianity is not there. True. I mean, if you are a cocaine dealer, you are a drug addict, you are a fornicator, prostitute, what have you. Look, one day I went to a church. I was sitting down, like I usually sit by the pastor in the front. And the pastor started to point out the people in the choir. He said, the three, these three, I remember there were three, they are prostitutes. They're all these three there. They are prostitutes. In the choir. Practically singing. Not that they were. They are. They were singing. 
that day they sang. Even some of them come to give testimonies. About their work. One of them said she had a customer and whilst the person was working on her, he died. He collapsed. He collapsed. And she rose up, laid hands on him, prayed, and he rose, he rose back. So she came to give a testimony. Not that, not that she is a powerful woman of God or something, but that God had delivered. I don't know what it meant if the person dies whilst he's doing that. Because, you know, the heart rate increases. You know? And so on. But what I want to say is that the same rule when it comes to whatever it is that it worries you. Do you have pornography in um, Canada? Do you watch pornography sometimes? No? Yes or no? Look. More than 70% of Christian men watch pornography. Yes. 70% of Christian men watch pornography regularly. 70%. Check on the internet. Christian, not unknown Christians. Yeah. Whatever. Again, don't stop confessing. Confess today's clear from today's what Monday backwards. Tomorrow's own to confess it. Wednesdays confess it. Pray for grace. Keep on. Don't you see what I'm saying is like I was telling you about the lay pastors. If they even disobeyed, let's say they disobeyed God, which I don't think, but if let's say they disobeyed God. Staying away and rather going away was now multiplying everything. Wouldn't you agree that somebody who's watched pornography yesterday, don't you agree that you should confess it today so that it's left with only 24 hours of it and confess that one, isn't it? And pray for grace. Don't you think that one day it will not be there? It will not be there. It will vanish. And then you see that there will be nothing like that in the person's life. You watch and see. Yeah. That, that's why I said, don't take off the things and run away and dis- remove the girdle of truth and all those things. Don't be afraid. The thing that is choking you has choked a lot of people and somehow either Judas or Peter. One is, I don't want to know about it. Or one is, that look, I did it. And this is the solution that I need from you. I need to be reaccepted. Will you reaccept me? That's it. Will you reaccept me? <laughs> what do you think? Is it fantastic? Yeah. So righteousness, okay? You cannot be a crook and and and, and be a, a a minister. You cannot be a thief. Can you imagine if somebody like me was stealing? It will not be good. It will not be good at all. 
steal this, take this, take that, take this. No, rather I'm saving money from the church all the time. Always. Always trying to save, keep, get, not waste money. That is God's money. Always, rather than stealing and taking. So you need that foundation. Alright? So God is calling you to straighten your life. Yes. You can't tell life. Look. Uh, any of the children here still? I don't see young people in this church. Oh. Where are the young people? I don't see, are there any young people? They've left? What, what's your name? Margaret. Who is your father? Okay. Come. Are you are you born are you born here? You're not born. Is your father here? Rwanda. Okay. Now I want somebody who was born here. You are born here? Annabelle? What is your name? Annabelle. Annabelle what? Arthur. Arthur? Wow. Now, you were born here? Okay. Annabelle's father is likely to be around somewhere. In Maybe in Canada somewhere. What do you think? Is it, is it true? Yes. He's around somewhere nearby in Canada. Like we're in Canada. He's also in Canada. Yeah. So, when you see a child of somebody it's likely that the father of the person is also nearby so anytime you see a lie a lie okay the father of lies maybe somewhere around do you see and and who is the father of lies satan yes so any time you see somebody telling you a lie, no matter what the lie is, and start peddling lies, fibs, half-truths, deceptions, it's always a sign of Satan's presence. Somewhere, somewhere. Working. Yes. Yes. So this girl, I don't know her, but as I see her standing in Calgary, I know that her father must be somewhere. Even if it's not so close, he's in the area somewhere in Canada. Where is, his, where is her father? Toronto? Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Wow. That is why you must be afraid of lies. One day I, I met a man of God, a great man of God. And he, he, within a short period, he told a number of lies. No, not big lies, but lies. No, when I say lies, you may think I said that. He said, I'm 42 years old, but he was 52. Or he said, you know, this or that. No. He said this, but he will not do it. He said this, but he... You not do it. Different. So many. And I kept noting different things. One time he said, I'll, I'll 
I will buy you a watch. But he didn't buy the watch. Up till today. <laughs> Up till today. Yes. Then I recognized that even though he was a great man of God, the, the devil was somewhere around or something evil was working. However close or near or what exactly, I can't tell, but there was something wrong, which I didn't know what it was. Even after that, I don't know. But I knew there was something that was not correct about the whole place. So, when you see a child, the father of the child is somewhere. If not even in Canada, in the world. (laughs) Which is near enough. Tell your neighbor, today marks the end of lies. In your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if this girl does not have a breastplate of righteousness on now, her breast will be dangling in front here as she's talking to you. What do you think about what I'm saying? Would that be a good thing? No, it would be unfortunate. It would be unfortunate. Isn't it true? <laughs> Don't look at her chest. <laughs> Okay, go and sit down, go and sit down. Are you excited? Are you amazed? Now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Take on the whole armor. Have your loins get about with truth and have on the breastplate of righteousness. Then the next one is your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, anytime you are not into the gospel, alright, your feet are spiritually exposed. So, Canada Church, where are your crusades? I'm asking a question. I don't know. I've not heard of any crusade that you are. I say I've not heard of your crusades. Pastors. I've not heard of your crusades. I've not heard of any breakfast meetings. Where are your breakfast meetings? Outreach breakfast meetings. 
We have breakfast meeting every month. Good weather months. Outdoor barbecues. Have you been winning souls? Souls have been won. When was the last one? All of you come together to do it. Which church? You are speaking for your branch. You also do. No, I'm talking about breakfast meeting. When was your last breakfast meeting? You see, I'm doing... um, What do you call it? You see... Interrogate investigative journalism. <laughs> Sunday morning breakfast meeting. Mm. And you are pastor of where? Vancouver. North Vancouver. Where are your breakfast meetings? No breakfast. Crusade. Door to door witnessing. Person to person witnessing. You've been doing that. Where are your crusades? Which town? Lethbridge. Is in where? Where are your crusades? You had a crusade last September. What type of crusade? With a stage. You stood outside in an auditorium. You invited people. How many people were saved? Nobody. Not many. How many people came for the crusade? 300 people. Wow. That's a lot of people. Vancouver. Where are your crusades? No crusade. Edmonton. Where are your crusades? No crusade. Breakfast meeting. No breakfast meeting. What is this place? Scarborough. Where are your crusades? No crusade. Where's your breakfast meeting? You do it together with Scarborough. Wow. Who is Scarborough? You. Yeah. You see, I have to do investigation. When I do the investigation one by one, and I start asking more questions, number of people attending this, that... You see that it's not a breakfast meeting. (laughs) It's true. True or not true? So what do you think? You think you are having breakfast meetings and outreaches? What do you think? 
But just now you were shouting true. You're having some. Good. Without the gospel, you get it. The preparation of the gospel, something is missing. Badly. Badly. And you know what is missing? Life. Purpose. The reason for everything we do and everything we have is the gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the purpose for Christianity. Prosperity, everything. This is not our home. This world is a temporary visit. You are soon going to die put in a coffin and within a few years if we exhume you the only thing will be found will be some bones yes if you exhume a dead person after some years you get almost nothing from the person yes just some bones if the bones are if it's about 40 years you just have uh, nails, fingernails. Everything is disappeared. It turns, it evaporates. There will be nothing left. Yeah. Is it not amazing? So you are soon going to completely vanish. Completely. Completely. You will not be here at all. At all. Literally. I've assumed dead bodies before. I know what I'm talking about. Yes. If you see, you'll be amazed. It's a person. And it's turned into nothing. Practically. So there must be a reason for God leaving you here. And that reason is to save somebody. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see this book that this man wrote, Your Purpose Driven Church. Purpose Driven Church, I think it is. It became very, very popular. You see, the reason why it became popular was that it was explaining something that people don't understand. That why am I then alive? If you see grown-ups, older people, who know that the next major event for their life is their death. There's no major event again in their life, but that they are going to die and go into the grave. It's a very wild thing. And you and I must know that the purpose is salvation of souls. Hallelujah. So I am releasing you to become the greatest outreaching church. People will be saved if you reach out to them. They will be saved. 
Isaac had a, convert, a crusade with 300 people. That's a big crusade. Anywhere where you have 300 people, it's a lot of people. We are not 300 people here. The crusade was bigger than this program. Huh? You don't seem to be sure about that anymore. Huh? Two days. Look at that. Somebody should fire this pastor, please. Why have you stopped? has really deceived us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now listen. In the spirit, you are barefoot. In the spirit, fighting gay marriages is not an outreach. Demonstrating against abortion is not an outreach of the gospel. <laughs> it's not. There are different things. And I want to say something. Preparation of the gospel, that word, people don't understand why it is there before the word gospel. Because the, there must be serious preparation for gospel work. You see, healing Jesus crusade doesn't just come on. Somebody make, was making fun of me and was saying that, oh, Bishop Doug, he would not send people before he comes to do good. I do, and I am not ashamed of it. Before we go anywhere, we have, Billy Graham had people in a town, if he's going to come there two years before he comes, wow. he starts the preparation two years. Yeah. Somebody moves to go and stay in the town. Right. And they start the preparation. When you do something without preparation, it starts to become something different. You know, I, I noticed this when we first started having miracle services. Miracle services. I was having miracles for myself. And the miracle service was not working. Because how did I do the miracle service? I just said, oh, Friday we have a miracle service. And then, we just come. People did not take it seriously. And then I compared it with when we invited somebody like Reverend Eastwood Anaba to the church. We would lay a red carpet for him, advertise, make announcements, banners, I mean, organize things, cars, whatever, everything. Very wonderful. And so the people's heart was full of expectation. And then there comes the program and the man of God comes and he flows and there is such a blessing. 
As against when I was doing for myself, out of humility and uh, stupidity, I would just say, oh, Friday everybody should come. And I, I was getting completely different results. Completely different results. So, gospel preaching needs preparation. And so, we need musicians. Do you have good musicians in Canada? Do you have good singers? Are you sure? Okay, okay. No, no argument. Whatever you say, you have, you have, you have need of nothing. You have good singers like Ida. You should be singing all of these songs. The songs is not. There's no copyright. Uh, the copyright is we wrote the song, but you can't. You can't. You you have to sing it in the right way. If you can't sing it the right way, you don't have to sing it. Yeah. But you should have singers who can do all these songs. These are good Christian songs. Yeah. We need musicians and singers. Practice gospel. Outreach to young people. If you want to reach out, the gospel belongs to children. Grown-ups are too stout-hearted. Stout-hearted. Isaiah 46 verse 12 Who are far from righteousness Far from righteousness Stout hearted Hearken unto me Ye stout hearted That are far from righteousness Very stubborn (laughs) Not easy to get them saved in my first love church in Accra, I have so many people that are saved. They are saved in the school. There's one guy, he writes to me when he sends me text. He writes in his text, whatever his name is, then he'll say, sign, all dead people are still alive. That's, that is his signature. Yes, he writes his name, so so and so, Aka, or also known as, all dead people are still alive. Because he got saved in tech. I went there and he, the message was all dead people are still alive. Yes. When I did the altar call, he didn't come forward. I did the second altar call, he didn't come forward. Then just before I prayed, I just tricked myself that the last come. Then he walked forward. He was into drugs, he was into everything. On campus, a student. And he gave his life to Christ. He said, also known as all dead people. Today he's a, he's a shepherd. He has done all these exams. He's moving on. And, he, and, and you see, like, they remember the day of their salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear the testimony, those of you who listen. Yeah, what a blessing. What a blessing. That blessing is coming to Canada. You are breaking forth and breaking out in Jesus' name. Yes. And with this blessing, the blessing of the gospel comes prosperity. You are going to prosper ten times more than you have ever seen in Canada by, 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 by pushing the gospel out. Watch and see. Watch and see. 
as you take the gospel out and you do more of gospel work, you are going to prosper You ask me, how? I don't know how. Explain that I can't explain. What I know is that anybody who takes up the heart of the gospel, takes up the heart of God. Even me, and nobody like me. When you do what I like, you know, I start to like you. I've noticed. And people who don't do what I want, I start to not like them. (laughs) True. I notice it. And you too is the same. Everybody is like that. Hacking unto me, he is stout-hearted that are far from righteousness. Are you there? And above all, Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. Amen. So, you need as a Christian you need as a Christian to take on the shield of faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is yet another covering. All these things are coverings. So you may say, oh, I have clothes from Sears. But you are naked in the spirit. Now, one of the things is faith. Now, all of us believe some of the things in the Bible and some we don't believe. Including myself. You see, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Because I, 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 can, it can, I don't see how it can be that I believe everything. I believe, but I don't think I believe everything. Or I'm good at believing everything. Yeah. So, what you must do is to in, keep increasing the number of things you believe in the word of God. If I take my lay pastors here and I ask you, Pastor Larry, stand up please. Why are you still alive? Because I think God wants me to do the work of God. Okay. Where can we find the souls to do this work? We have some in Canada. (laughs) Where can we find the souls that you can reach easily, more easily? Most likely in Africa. Why are you still here since the souls are there? (laughs) Because I came to look for greener pastors. So, the point that I'm making, the point that I'm making is that even though he believes the word of God, like when it comes to the part that, okay, since there are souls here, we have to go there. Do you see? 
it's like that part it's like we, we give it mental assent but not that we really believe it because if you did you would pack your things and go straight to the fields that are waiting is it not true yes so what I want you to do because is to increase the areas where you have faith yes increase the areas for your life don't say I am when you are not this is you see this thing here are you hot or cold either not answering it or not answering it correctly leads God to spit you out reject even me these days I don't have long meetings you talk to me, I see that the, the meeting is becoming complex. Yeah. Three minutes is too long to discuss a, a topic now. Yeah. I met one of my pastors at the last camp. He was, I said, look, I don't have time. Do what you want to do. Yeah, do what you want to do. Oh, yes. The Bible says, look unto Abraham, your father. And to Sarah who bared. For I called him alone. And bless him and increase him. I'm not called with you. Kojo, if you don't want to obey the word of God, it doesn't affect my calling. I'm not called me and Kojo. Or me and Barbara. Never. Or me and these three lay pastors. No. I'm called alone. I'm not called with my wife. I'm called alone. Yeah. I'm not called... Myself, Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie. No. I'm called alone. You are called alone. You either obey. What you, what you do or what you don't do does not stop my calling and my blessing and my increasing. That is why if many of my pastors have even disobeyed what I have said, all their disobedience have not prevented me from being blessed and increasing. I keep on still increasing and being blessed. So, long discussion. Will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? It should have been nice if you had done it. It would have been more wonderful. It would have flowed better. But it doesn't prevent me from fulfilling my calling and my vision. When you read the stories of William Carey, Adoniram Jackson, they married some of them three times. The calling was not me and this one. Some of the marriages were so short because they died. You know, those that you die, malaria, whatever, it's just, you just die. It doesn't mean that his calling is ending. No, William Carey lived to 71. Yes. And then he had some couple of strokes and died. But by then he had fulfilled all that God had sent him to do. Whether the wife, the second wife, third wife, his children, whatever. So try to increase the number of things you believe. Yes. Believe in healing. Look, at first I didn't have healing in my life and ministry. Now I have miracles healing. Because I decided to try to expand to include those aspects which were missing. Yes. Most pastors don't have such things. This prophet whom was bought the jet, some of you even despise them these people. Look, there is no 
great expansion in the ministry without miracles, signs, wonders, prophetic works. No matter who, look, sickness, disease, problems, crises are everywhere. People need solutions and need help. Yes. It is time for us to rise up with the miraculous and the power. Pastors, you need to wait on God. You need to wait on God. Wait on Him. Seek God for the miracles, for the power of God. Yes, that's why somebody can buy a jet for his pastor. Well, the pastor is very precious. He says that a prophetic word is like a light in the darkness. A light that shines in people's darkness. I'm telling you. People make fun of all these prophets and whatever. It's like, oh, they are just, I mean, uneducated idiots who are just around doing whatever and so on. Look! It's just like us, we are here now. Some people in Canada may look and say, oh, these are all just black people. Oh, these are just some black, it's not a real church. It's just some black immigrants who are lonely and who have come together. That's how somebody can also re-describe this church. Yes, as you may also describe other church where there is a prophet and people with different problems have gathered together and now he's praying for them and he's also, they are also sowing seeds in his life. You just downgrade them. It's called absurdio reduction. You reduce it to absurdity and stupidity. In your mind, you just downgrade the greatness of what God is doing. If somebody looks at you and tells you that you are not, these are not real human beings, these are just some black immigrants who are just lost in whatever, will you be happy with it? You'll not be happy. In the same way, you look at somebody's church, a prophet is doing whatever, and you just be downgrade it in your mind. Why don't you rather have miracles, signs and whatever, for people to come to you for prayers? Go higher. Go higher. And seek for it. Seek for the power of God. Pray for people. Yes. There are greater things for us to experience. We are closing in a couple of minutes. So those of you who are feeling sleepy. Are you there or you are leaving? Amen. Let us expand our faith to believe more in more things more things. Yes. And that's why I want you to I want you to develop the art of sowing into the anointing. Amen. You see in Mark chapter 6 verse 2 Jesus Christ the Bible says he could not do mighty works. He couldn't. Because the people were saying alright what what they started questioning. Where does this man have these things from? Whence has this man this wisdom? What? That all these mighty works are wrought by his hand. Verse 3 and then verse 4. Is it not the carpenter? Huh? Then verse 4. Then verse 4. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor in his own house. Verse 5. Verse 5. And he could. He could not. He could not do. Not that he would not. 
he could. He tried and he couldn't. Eh? Now notice, everybody look. This is the reason for the absence of mighty works. And then he goes on to the next verse and he says, he marveled because of their unbelief. Now you notice that the verse before, verse 5 and verse 4, especially verse 4, he said, a prophet is not without honor. Where the prophet is not honored, that is where the gift does not work. And where a prophet is not honored, that is where the people don't believe. You see, when he says in verse 6 that he marveled at their unbelief, their unbelief was not their unbelief in God. But the unbelief in him as he was standing there to minister, they did not they could not believe. And that's what he said about honor. He said, Look, a prophet is not without honor. Only in his house that something like this will happen. Only in his house that something like this will happen. That he's standing there ready to minister. And he has neither honor nor belief. <laughs> they are together. You don't honor me means you don't believe. And that is where there will be no mighty works. Yeah. Exactly. So the more you start to honor the anointing, then it shows your belief in the anointing. Why would you come and honor me? What, what, what would make you even sow a seed? Of Galatians 6 6 or whatever thing they are doing. What would even make you do that? To somebody who doesn't need what you have. <laughs> Unless you have belief and honor, which are two things that go together. Yes. And that brings mighty works. Yes. You'll be surprised. I go to places and the honor that is received there and the mighty works that are done. You'll be amazed. If you're with us at the crusades, you'll be amazed. Night after night. Night after night. You know, recently, we were in a certain town. I forget the exact town. One of the towns in South Africa. There was a lady there. And she was blind. And God opened her eyes. Now, there was another lady who who happened to be at the crusade. Who knew the lady and was on admission at the hospital at the same time? And she, she, she came to the stage. She said, Look, I was in the same room with this woman. She cannot see. She said, We took her food. When they bring food to her, she said, We arrange the food on the plate and we tell her, At 12 o'clock is potatoes, 3 o'clock is meat. Six o'clock is pumpkin. And nine o'clock is... Because she can't see the plate. So when she knows where is meat, I want to take meat, so it's at three o'clock. I need pumpkin. And I remember pumpkin, because I I, I don't know what is pumpkin. I don't don't eat pumpkin, but they eat pumpkin in South Africa. Pumpkin, potato, Meat and something. Four things. Huh? What? Cabbage. What is it? Yeah. Amazing. God opened her eyes. She was standing there. We were all standing there. King Williams Town. Yeah, I can see. Wonderful. Miracles. 
A prophet is without honor. So add to yourself your great faith in the anointing. Increase the number of things you believe. Yeah. Increase the things you believe in. It's already it's adding more covering. Yeah. Increase it. Increase it. And God is going to change your life. Yes. Increase it. Grow up spiritually. Grow up spiritually and increase the things you believe in. Yes. You see, some of you, your pastors who are here, they are are not of much blessing to you because you don't honor them. You don't believe in them. You see them as like co-equal stragglers. Co-equal stragglers who have come to um, Canada to come and look for citizenship. In a sense, in a sense, they've also come to look for citizenship. (laughs) PR. Yes, in a sense, they have. But in another sense, if you look at them in that way, you will never be blessed by them. You will never receive what God has for you through them. Because, you see, God doesn't use angels. God uses people that he anoints. He doesn't use non-human vessels. He uses real people. Real people with issues, failings, humanities, and he blesses people through that if you receive. So you don't you don't get blessed because of your faith. It's just up to a point. Jesus said, Believe in God, believe also in me. As you see me here, believe in me physically. Yeah. So faith must be added. To whatever you are doing. And when you do that, God is going to really use you. Use you fantastically. Amen. Amen. Are you getting ready for God to use you? Do you believe that God is going to use you? Yes. Why should God use you and honor you when you don't honor whom He's using? Huh? You don't honor whom he's using. Why should he choose you? Wow. So God is going to bless you the more you believe. Faith is not about confessing. I believe. I believe. I I believe. I receive. I believe. I receive. I believe. I. That one rather is not faith. The one that you don't think about that you do. That's what you really believe in. Yeah. You see that you actually believe in Canada. That's why you've come here. (laughs) You believe in Canada more than you believe in God. Yes. You left everything to come to Canada. When God said here, this way, say, oh. (laughs) Canada can look after me better than God can look after me. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, everybody. Now, how many will agree that all these things are covering shields, shoes of gospel? Yes. And God is saying, instead of, instead of, right, are you with me? 
instead of being people who are naked before God, without faith, without righteousness, without a helmet of salvation, without shoes of the preparation for the gospel, huh? it's time to put it back on and rise up. Yes. Where are your crusades? Where are your breakfast meetings? Where is the prayer and the fasting in preparation for soul winning? Where is it? Where is it? Where? Where is the prayer? Where are the prayer meetings? Where are the three hour prayer meetings? We are waiting on God for souls to be won this week at this outreach. Where is it? Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Learn to answer correctly and your life will change dramatically. I'm telling you, that's what the lay pastors, this has been the problem. And stout-hearted. You explain, explain. They, oh, you say, I mean, when do you be, we, have, we are praying from 7 to 10. We are praying. How you used to pray when you were in school? When do I be doing that here? The answer is no. no. Well, why, is it, why is there any kind of discussion and interrogation on something like that? That's what makes us move into darkness and you are spat, spat out all the time. Yes. Because we are not honest. Yeah. We are not honest. And you, you call for long meetings. And people have stopped having long meetings now. It's out of fashion. Hacking unto me, oh ye stout-hearted, who are far from righteousness. Far. Stubborn and difficult to move along. Just admit all the things and keep on praying for forgiveness for it. Instead of saying, well, really, partly, you know, somehow, this is whatever. No, it's not there. It's not there. That's all. Then suddenly, light comes to you. Look, some of you have been Christian before you even came to this church. Some of you have been serious Christian. It's not here. What you are doing as Christian is not how it was. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Raise your hand. Shame. You know, you know. Some of you are new here. You see, people can't easily be saved when they are older. So your salvation must have been when you were younger, before you came here. And the way you were brought up, you know, is not what you are doing now. No, 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 no. No, it's not. If you will be honest, unless you want to have a long visit with this. Okay, what were you doing before? Okay, what are you doing today? Okay, let's see. How is okay in 1976? What were you doing in 19? 19- 83, what were you doing? 19, this, what were you doing? Okay, so now what about now? What do you do now? Then like that, okay. Excel sheet on the left, on the right. So we can see what you used to do, what you are doing now. What is this? Hacking unto me, oh ye stout-hearted, who are far from righteousness. It's the stout-heartedness that calls for long meetings and analysis. In a very general sense, we do not pray in this way. We do not prepare for the gospel in this way. We, there may have been one or two times there have been, but please, generally, you are not like that. And you are not doing it. And you don't honor even me. I say that you don't honor me as your pastor or whatever. There's nothing like that from you people here in Canada. Maybe you were forced to wait. Maybe you were forced to 
first to put somebody say bring uh, Galatians 6 or everybody do this or gather whatever it is. I mean, that's before you even. It's, it's not something that's coming spontaneously from the people. But when you do, nobody told me to go and swear a seed in Kenneth Higgins' life. There was no announcement made. All of you here, go and sow seed in Kenneth Higgins' life. That's not like announcement or mobilization. And when I went to sow seed in Kenneth Higgins' life, he announced his income is so many millions. He didn't need anything like at all. People, I tell you, if you want that honor, to come on you. Eh? Increase your faith in what God is doing and in God's servants. Yes. And honor them. Honor them. And it will, it will start to bring blessings on your life. Shield of faith. You are dressed. You are ready. Amen. Amen. Shield of faith. Breastplate of righteousness. Helmet of salvation. The coverings. Most of you are not wearing one thing. There's this, then there's this, then there's this, then there's this before what we are seeing. Several things. All those things you see in, 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 in uh, Isaiah, even zeal is a cloak. Zeal is another cloak. Humility. Well, they be clothed with humility. They are all dresses and coverings that cover our shame. Why shame? Why shame? Because the reality of most of us is not so beautiful. Is it not true? You see the slimmest looking person when the person removes the clothes, you will be shocked. Yes. Most ladies look more beautiful dressed than undressed. Yeah. Most look more beautiful when they are dressed. Yes. This is how come they get even beloved. It's the dressed up version. Yeah. True or not true? true? Through your faith, your zeal, your humility, it covers the, like the reality is like it's really bad. It's really bad. When you see a man with a pot belly, you, you think you think that is a pot belly. 
many sisters have pot bellies. Many sisters. Are you there? All right. Father, thanks for the blessing of your word and your spirit. Thank you for your great kindness to us in this meeting to clothe us, take away our emptiness. Bless us. Bless us that we may rise and move forward in ministry and in your work. Take away the nakedness that is real. Although we don't like it, Lord. We don't even like to admit it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, when you are speaking with us, help us not to argue with what you are showing us. We are grateful for your blessing and your covering upon our lives. From today, we pledge ourselves to dress properly in the spirit to buy gold tried in the fire. Really and genuinely valuable things. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we are going to We are going to receive an offering and I know that you are going to be blessed as you give. Amen. What do you think? What is Canada Church going to be known for? Spirituality. Miracles. Holy Spirit. Yes. Following my soul followeth after thee. And thy right hand upholdeth me. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. Lift up.